T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Helping you unwind after a long day of work. Why are you rolling your eyes at me? I'm not rolling my, your, my eyes at you. The nightcap. Makes me regret that the Flyers are so garbage early in the season. Oh, right. Anybody could be making right. noise right. Right. Yes, let's let's lament about the Flyers when let's the Sabres were actually in a playoff spot for the entire year. On WGR. Kyle, what is wrong with I you? I can't do this. Sports Radio 550. Welcome back to the Nightcap here on WGR. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell. There's no sneak tonight, but there's still always the Nightcap for you. Thanks for listening. If you've got a take, 803-0550-1888-550-2550. We could talk Sabres. We can even talk some Bills. If you have any expectations through the season, what you think Josh Allen might do in his second season under Brian Dable, and how much of that will hinge on the Bills actually succeeding this year. Talked about the NBA and landscape of the league being spun on its head after these finals. But I would like to go ahead and visit what could be one of the more enticing off-seasons for the Sabres in a while. Because you look at this team and they ink Jeff Skinner, but they still now have $20 million of cap space to play with. So there's plenty of ideas with free agency that you can look at. They still need some help defensively, I think. If there's a wrist in trade coming in, you might need to do something to counteract that, like bring in someone like uh, like a Jake Gardner or a Tyler Myers even, or someone like that. And then there's also, well, you still got to get another top six forward, I think. This team does not have enough depth scoring that you can't go ahead and not address that. Luckily for them, they have plenty of cap space to do so. So what do you think? There's plenty of ways to bring in your suggestions. You can text us at 550-550. You can tweet us at Derek Kramer 49 at Kyle underscore Powell 2. I had to think about that for a second. Yeah, I know. I had to make sure that you you knew what your I, – I, we needed to know if you knew what your Twitter handle was, let alone me knowing what it was because where's that underscore, man? Dude, it'll get you. It gets you. Sometimes you don't know where it is. You don't remember where it is. People don't remember where it is. Next thing you know, another Kyle Powell, too, is getting a tweet. Or you could always call us right here on the line at 803-0550. Like Jonathan and Alden. Jonathan, you're on the ICAP. What's going on, man? Hey, Nate. Hey, Kyle. Um, first of all, my thoughts on the Bills. I'm predicting 9-7 and seven this year for the Bills. I think Josh Allen shows improvement. But I'm not, and it's a Sabres free agency. Um, Matthew Shane's definitely my number one uh, but I'm one for agent. I really want the Sabres to get. But I also want to see Rasmus Dahl, uh, Rasmus Ristolainen move down to a 2D spot. So I really want the Sabres to find that number one defenseman. So top free agent, free agent, um, uh, free agent defenseman. Um, Carlson is the best. I don't know if we're going to get him. So more else really, I'm thinking the Sabres should probably try to go after either Alexander Edler or try to be Tyler Myers to move Ristolainen to that 2D spot. I mean, um, um, 
Dolly will be the number one spot, but how, what are your thoughts on bringing either Edler or bring back Kyler Myers? Or who, what other defenses do you think we should bring in? Jonathan, what are, you, what are your thoughts about just having Brandon Montour take up those number one minutes as your right shot defenseman? Um, I'm, I'm a little unsure about him. I'm, I'm hoping he'll step up. So you think Mont, um, Mont, I think Montour could be a good one D guy, but like I said, a, a bit, um, I, I do want to see um, Ristolainen go down the two D spot. So. Do you think we should trade him? But I didn't really think of Montour, so I think now that I think about it, that might be a good choice. But what are the? Um, but I'm also considered in, in the Myers or Edler. Um, so um, I, 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 I Duchesne's definitely my number one. Sorry, I think the two center is the biggest position in need. But I did, like I said, I also want to see Russell Lyon be that that two D spot. So. All right, Jonathan. Thanks for the call, man. And. uh, I hate to do this to you, buddy, but uh, when you said Tyler Myers as a as a way to make Ristolainen's minutes go down, you know that meme, uh, not the meme, you know the gif of Steve Carell from The Office who's just like got, got that cringe face? That was literally me. Rasmus Ristolainen, for a lot of things, is a shorter Tyler Myers. Overworked, was not a true one a top-pairing defenseman, may even get traded to another team and thrive in a lesser role. There are a lot of comparisons there. Ristolainen's played a heck of a lot more minutes than Tyler Myers did before he got traded, but the similarities are there. Gifted offensively. Ristolainen has a bigger mean streak than Tyler Myers ever did, which is funny because Tyler Myers is 6'6", 6'7", but Ristolainen is the mean one. And But they're gifted offensively. There's just... Bad decision making with especially and in particularly breakouts for Ristolainen and in the past for Myers. It's the questions in your own zone. Really, what you said, Kyle, is probably the best idea. Brandon Montour is probably the best idea you're going to have for being that co pilot for Rasmus Dahlin, and then you can just naturally bump Rasmus Ristolainen if you keep him. If you do decide to trade him and get a top six forward back in return, I'd be open to Tyler Myers being here. I'd be open to Jake Gardner being that guy. And go after a defenseman that way. I just think that Tyler Myers being here for the reason of easing up on the minutes for Rasmus Ristolainen, uh, that's that's not for me. Sometimes your best options are in-house and you don't know it. Sometimes they are. Because you paid a first and a top prospect for this guy, you may as well see what he can do with extra time. And I think exactly. he and Darlene as a top pair would be lethal. They Passing abilities, speed, break that out. would be... Exactly. Being able to cover for each other there. Both are solid and dependable in any zone. But you know what it is for me, and for all of you. Darren Drager joined the Instigators earlier today. And... We'll branch out more on one of the main conversation topics that they had, which is talking about the free agent market and everything of the sort. Here's Darren Drager with the guys from this morning on with the Instigators. As usual, what's up, Mr. Drager? How are you today? We the North. Yeah, it was exciting last night. I'm not a huge basketball guy, but uh, I'll admit that I was captivated by the march of the Toronto Raptors and it was a fun one to watch. I mean, that's uh, no slouch team, obviously, the Golden State Warriors. So it's uh, 
it's a great step forward for the Toronto Raptors and uh, and a huge moment last night, at least for Canadian basketball fans as well. Yeah, well said. I think that's the word I was too captivated, and that's that's probably what it is. I, I don't think they made a fan out of me, but they they got some revenue out of me. I bought a hat. You know, I bought the we the, <laughs> I bought the we the North hat. So they, I think they set out what they were trying to accomplish and generate some uh, BRR basketball related revenue. You know, <laughs> yeah. So uh, now with HRR, talking HRR and AAV, Jeff Skinner signed, so we don't have to ask you that. Now we'll go on to the next question for you. What's the next order of business for general manager Jason Bottrell? Well, he's got to, uh, you know, he's obviously trying to improve his club, and uh, sometimes just a year of growth will do that. You know, he, he needs the development of certain players to, to elevate. He needs Jeff Skinner to have another good year, if not a, a great year. I mean, that's pretty obvious. But, you know, I think Buffalo is, is still somewhat in the market for scoring. Uh, I don't know that there are any specifics that the Buffalo Sabres are, you know, keying in or uh, on or identifying in terms of an individual player. But, guys, I can tell you that there is so much dialogue happening right now around the National Hockey League. I'd be really surprised if, if Buffalo isn't part of that. And, you know, we've often talked about Ristolainen potentially being in play. You know, I think that would take a pretty sweet offer or a, a trade offer, you know, for the Buffalo Sabres to consider that. But why shouldn't that offer come amid all the media speculation that's swirled around this player, you know, for the better part of a year? So, I, like I said, I, I don't think that, you know, uh, Jason Botterill is burning up the phone lines looking for an individual guy, but he's certainly open for business. Let me ask you this. Um... Do you think that filling in the spots on the roster is more likely to come in through a trade or through free agency on July 1? Well, it, it, probably through a trade. You know, free agency is, is a delicate one. Uh, obviously, we know that. And, you know, you'll see the flurry of guys, the, the, the higher-end players that go relatively early. You know, they'll, they'll go July 1st, July 2nd, July 3rd, and then, you know, there's another wave after that. So... You know, what's the need for the Buffalo Sabres? And how desperate are they, you know, to, to get in and try and and uh, acquire a, a key piece? And if it's offense that they're looking for, you know, do they have the wherewithal to, to get into the big game betting? And I'm not so sure that they do. Um, but the truth is, you know, most of those top-end guys know where they're going in advance of July 1st. That's what that whole free agent courting interview period is all about. They're not supposed to talk about term and money. But they all talk about term and money. So yeah. by the time you get to July 1, the, the teams that are out know that they're out, and they can start flipping over to uh, other options. So maybe that's uh, the category that, that Buffalo was kind of inching towards. With, with looking at Jason Bottrell and what he has done already with getting Jeff Skinner signed, what he wants to try and accomplish uh, will, you know, we're still... Uh, we're, we're still waiting on, on, on what his vision is moving forward with this team. He had mentioned about possibly looking for a, a second-line center, possibly looking yeah. for another top six forward. At what point in time do you start to think about maybe um, re-upping a Sam Reinhardt or even a uh, Montour um, yeah. so they don't play out that last year and really hit it out of the park? Yeah, and, and look, that's really important, and I had a conversation with another general manager about that this morning and it's 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 very difficult to get out of that vacuum because 
you know, when you're focused on expiring contracts, that's where your focus has to be, and you can't get ahead of the game. But you're right, you know, they should be making a decision on Reinhardt, and they should be making a decision on Montour, and maybe those are the internal fixes that you have, so that, again, you're, you're not trying to swing for the fence. You know, how do you go out and sign a number two center? Well, the only way you do that is if the market collapses in free agency, which doesn't happen very often when you're talking about a player of that magnitude or a, a top six winger, if you will. Um, and, and those players are more accessible via trade, and especially if it's dollar in, dollar out. That makes more sense to me from Buffalo's perspective, but you know, Botterill management may have a different view of things. Hey, Drake, on uh, Monday, Rivs and I did the, um, we ranked the Sabres' most, I guess, coveted tradable assets or the, the players or the assets that they have that other teams might want. Risto was at yeah. the top of our list. I threw the number seven pick in there. Um, is it possible we see some picks moved or are teams more likely to hang on to their draft picks earlier, uh, like in the top 10, you think? Because you heard no, Philly's, Philly's shopping 11, and you just wonder, is, is 10 the number where teams start to bow out? Yeah, I, you know, anywhere between, I would say, 6 and 10, uh, you got to make a real tough decision. And then after 10 is where you see a little bit more flexibility. But it also depends on what you're talking about. And, and you know, the player that the organization is, has identified that they think is going to slip, you know, below top five. And that's where it gets a little bit delicate. And that's where you have an open dialogue with other general managers who are in that 5 to 15 sort of uh, uh, position and going into the draft. And you see if there's a way that you can either flip your pick. You know, do you sweeten it with a player that you know that organization wants? Those conversations are happening, but you won't have any decisions on that type of scenario until you get to Vancouver and you're in the meat of the draft or heading you know, to the, the first pick overall. And every single year, I watch these guys on the floor, and we speculate openly on, okay, well, this pick might be in play, and this team is considering flipping this pick with that team and their pick, and they go about that almost until the very second they have to make the pick. That's how close it comes to getting done on certain drafts. I know you guys aren't in favor of that. Trade, I'm not in favor seven. of trading a seventh pick. I think that 31st overall pick, yes, I'm in favor yeah. of m- moving that. Uh, you know, the Sabres don't have a second-round pick. So I think that, um, you know, moving that pick and maybe acquiring a second a later second-rounder and an asset would work. But I, I want to go back to what you talked about, Ristolainen. It would take a really substantial, very sweet deal to make that happen for the Buffalo Sabres. But you've got other defensemen available. You've got Jacob Truba available. You've got Nikita um, yeah. Saitsev available. Does that water down maybe the offers, uh, knowing that yeah. there's other players in the same uh, yeah. category available out there? Yeah, I think it does, Marty. And, and look, you mentioned a couple, but there are more than that. You yeah. know, uh, T.J. Brody out of, of Calgary, Nick Letty, um, I mean, go down the list. The, the Carolina Hurricanes tried to move a defenseman pretty Thanks much you know, for the entire second half of, of the regular season leading up to the February 25th trade deadline. And you know, then they decided to, to pull back in and, and qualify for the playoffs. So they still have needs in Carolina, and they still have the assets on the back end. So Ristolainen, because of his age, you know, maybe gets a bit of a bump, but there are better defensemen available. Jacob Truba, for me, is the most interesting because, you know, 
any team that trades for him is going to want an assurance that they're going to be able to re-sign him. Otherwise, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to, to have to give up the assets to the Winnipeg Jets that they're going to need. And Winnipeg is likely going to want a good young D, preferably one under contract or a coveted prospect as part of that return. So all of that is considered when you're looking at every potentially available defenseman. And in risk the line and you know, it's it's only because of the speculation out there that I think Jason Botterill fields the calls, but you know, no different than any other player, aside from a couple of obvious ones who are always untouchable on every team. You know, make an offer on any player. Just make an offer and see where it goes. And I think that that's the position that Botterill takes when it comes to Ristolainen. What do you think your ballpark range is on Matt Duchesne? Well, I think Jeff Skinner did Matt Duchesne a big favor. Um, you know, in, in, in terms of the AAV, uh, I think that that'll be the low end for uh, for Matt Duchesne. You know, he's going to get above $9 million. And, and maybe, maybe he creeps up closer to 10, you know, depending on the fit. But he's going to be very specific as to the location and the fit. And, and you know, could it be Nashville? I mean, Nashville always seems to be interested. But Nashville's going to have to unload some pieces. And, you know, among the available defensemen, we didn't talk about P.K. Subban. I mean, that's a tough sell with that contract. But, you know, they're going to try and move him. They'll, they'll likely try and move Kyle Turris. There's been whispers of that over the last several weeks. So David Poyle has some work to do if he's going to get in on Matt Duchesne. Oh, I, I listen, I, I, I love my P.K. Subban, but I'll tell you what, I think any team that goes and trades for him is really in for a bad deal. Well, they better – there's got to be some salary retained or something in that yeah. deal because yeah. that's the only way well, you make that happen. More than now, half because his speed isn't there anymore. We, we already did this or that, uh, Dregs, but I'll pose one that was in an email from Jeff this morning uh, in the control room. Um, you got Zucker available, and you've got a guy that was traded uh, from Ottawa, Ryan Dezingle, that could be available. This or that, which one would you want on your team, Zucker or Dezingle? Uh, I'd probably go with Jason Zucker. Yeah. Um, and I, I like Ryan Dezingle. I watched him play a lot last year, last couple of years in Ottawa. And he's, he's got speed and he's got some offensive upside. But I, I look at Jason Zucker and, I mean, he's got to be sour, right? He has to be just flat-out pissed because he's been involved in trade speculation now since prior to the deadline. He knew he was involved in a trade that got nixed at the trade deadline. So he's got to feel like a misfit with the Minnesota Wild. So I got to believe that wherever he ends up, he's going to prove to the Minnesota Wild that they made a really bad decision. And, you know, he's going to do whatever he can to be a top-end player. So just in emotional motivation alone, I might go with Zucker because the thing that's going to get paid is the UFA. Dregs, why is he even on the market? You know, you have a Zach Parise who's 34. You have a Mika Koivu who's 36. You got an Eric Stahl who's 34. Um, Eric Fair, 33. Why is this? Why is Jason Zucker's name even coming up? Well, like, what's the red flag I, on him? I, I don't know, and it's a good question. Uh, you know, you're right. I mean, that's a team that needs to get younger, not get older. Um, and when I've seen him and watched him closely, and I, I did last year in the playoffs, and, and you know, leading up to the postseason, etc. You know, he looks like a good player to me. I, I don't understand it. One thing I'll tell you about the Minnesota Wild, fair or unfair, and I don't like diving into dressing rooms because if you're not there, how do you make a fair and accurate comment? But continually I'm told 
that there's a divide inside that room for whatever reason. Now, you know, if that's true, and I'm going to capitalize IF, if that's true, maybe he's on the wrong side of the room. I don't know, but they've, they've, they've tried pretty hard now to lump him into a couple of different trades. Hmm. I'm looking at the roster now, just trying to see where the weak link is. <laughs> I look at our roster, I can figure it out pretty easily, Dregs. Hey, listen, thanks for your time today <laughs> as we let you go. Um, we got to let you go. Good stuff. All right, boys. We're, Have a good weekend. You're back on this side, obviously. I didn't get you last Friday. Uh, when are you done covering uh, everything for the summer? Uh, well, I'll be in Vancouver for the draft next Friday, and then uh, I'll probably grind it out until July 5th or so, and then uh, just kind of go on casual after that. All right. Well, Going to the cottage with ribs. Well, make sure you uh, make sure you get us a couple more times before you, before you go uh, under the radar. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> Sounds good, boys. All right. Take care. That was Darren Drager, TSN, on with the instigators, as he always is, every Friday. And some interesting questions there. I mean, Craig's question about Jason Zucker really does hit home. Why, why is he being offered up in trades? Why has he already been part reportedly of two offers that fell through one was with calgary and one was with uh the pittsburgh penguins with phil kessel it's an interesting question and we'll dive more into that next segment right here on the nightcap Derek kramer kyle powell you're listening to wgr Jason Zucker, first of all, Paul Fenton has not been a fan of his, and it seems like he has been out to trade Jason Zucker since the moment he got here, along with everyone else. There's another part of it, too, which is Jason Zucker had his best year in a contract year, so the Wild were in a position where they just really had to pay him more than he was probably worth for the rest of his career, and I think last year he went back to the mean that he regressed and scored just over 20 goals, and that's kind of more who I think Jason Zucker really is. That's an old friend of ours. Matthew Collar going ahead and talking about Jason Zucker, who has been a very popular target for discussions on who you want the Sabres to bring in, a very popular trade target for fans and analysts alike. As you know, as Craig Reve asked, why is he on the market? Well, I mean, that wasn't the shiniest review there of, uh, of Jason Zucker from our old friend Matthew Collar. Welcome back to the Nightcap. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell here with you as we talk now about some Sabres free agent targets, some Sabres trade targets. What do you want to see Buffalo adding to the team, and what do you think? 803-0550, 1-888-552-550. You can text us at 550-550. You can also hit us up on Twitter at Kramer 49 at Kyle underscore Powell 2 or even at the station's account at WGR 550. Hey, Kyle, you know what would make this segment feel better for me? What is that, Derek? Some NHL 94 music. Man, it's like you were in here. Oh, you got it up? Please tell me you already had it up. There we go. This is the best way to talk about anything hockey is to have an NHL 94 bet underneath it. Tell me I'm wrong. I'll fight you. So, 
What do you got for us? Well, here's what we've got for you. Kyle, I'll let you start off with what you think would be one of your top targets for the Buffalo Sabres heading into this offseason. Wow. What an honor. Wow, indeed. What an honor. If I were to pick for my top target, it would definitely be of the UFA variety. Good, you don't have to go up assets for that. That's right. I am pretty high on the idea of one player who was dealt at the deadline this year. Actually, they may both have been. All right, get on with it. Ryan Dezingle and Gustav Nyquist. Now, with Dezingle, it's an interesting case here with him. Ryan Dezingle is, you know, like you said, he was a deadline acquisition for Columbus after leaving Ottawa, after everyone left Ottawa. Raise your hand if you left Ottawa. Pretty much. Like, I might I might as well. Like, anyone driving, obviously, raise your hand carefully if that's going to happen. Um <laughs> But Dezingle's biggest cap hit was always at his highest cap hit was 1.8 million. It's going to be interesting to see what Dezingle gets on the open market this year. Is he's the last three seasons 32 points, 41 points, and then a career high 56 points between two teams. Dezingle might get paid because he might be seen as a two C by some team that loses out, for example, on Matt Duchesne. Or they don't have the assets to give up to give an offer sheet to William Carlson like the Sabres, who can't really do anything in the RFA market. But they can go after a player, for example, like Ryan Dezingle. That would be my uh, interesting interesting little thing there. I, I'm intrigued with what Ryan Dezingle is going to end up getting at the end of the day. As for Gustav Nyquist, he's he's on my list. He's a versatile winger, a guy who can play in your top six. He can also do a lot for you power play, penalty kill-wise. He's a very well-rounded player. And I like the idea of Gustav Nyquist coming here to Buffalo. And similar to Ryan Dezingle, I don't know what kind of cap hit he's going to get. I'm interested. But I think... He'd probably get around probably $5 million per season. He is coming off a $4.75 million cap hit. So my thought is the most recent contracts for wingers in around his general point output, 50 to 60 points a year. You can look at a guy like Jordan Eberle, who two years ago had 60 points. Brock Nelson this year, 53 points. Gustav Nyquist coming off a 60-point season. Look no further than the contracts that, may have been, that are being signed out of New York. You're probably looking at a little bit of an increase in cap between 5 and $6 million. He was already close to 5 coming off a 60-point campaign deep into the playoffs with San Jose. I could see that. Maybe 6. I, oof, he gets 6. He, that means there's a bidding war. Brock Nelson got 6. That's true, but Jordan Everly only got 5-5. Five, five. We talked about this. One had a career year, one didn't. Yes, I just... It's a I, lot about timing. But one had a little more of a consistency in production throughout. And he's the one getting the more value in his contract I think in Jordan Eberly. Eberly, by the way that deal that he signed today I'm a little upset he was one of my big name and probably my favorite target for the Sabres to go after in free agency unfortunately he got kept around and that also puts a dent into another target that I had Anders Lee I think that Anders Lee would have been a fantastic idea here I'm just Kind of resigning myself already to the fact that he may not end up here because when you get a savvy deal to retain one of your players, it helps retain more 
for you. This past year without John Tavares, he still put up 28 goals. Kind of showing that he doesn't have to have John Tavares in order to get into that elite goal scorer club. But guess what? If he has an elite center, 34 goals, 40 goals. He's a known producer with an elite centerman. Which, oh hey, the Savers, uh, they have something like that too. So, I, I think Honors Lee would have been a good idea. And I think he still could be. It's just the problem of I don't think it's going to happen anymore. But Anders Lee could play center, can play second line, and then he'd, say, get a known distributor like Sam Reinhardt getting him the puck. He could still put up points and put up production for you. And then when Casey Middlestat's ready to take the 2C, he can bump to the left wing. A very versatile piece that I would like to see the Sabres go after. Anders Lee, formerly of, well, potentially formerly of the New York Islanders, currently of the New York Islanders. When I say the name Matt Zuccarello, what do you think? Yes. Really? Yes. I love Matt Great. Zuccarello. Great, because he was a late addition to this list I put together today. Yes, Matt Zuccarello. I think that's super intriguing. A guy coming off injury was yes. still almost a point a game in about half a season. But I wonder what the market's going to be for him. Yes, but at the same time, the biggest thing about that's just going to be, hey, Matt Zuccarello has been a consistent player throughout his career. And almost underappreciated throughout his career. Nice job with the ESPN NHL music. Thank you. It's always a forgotten commodity. Now, you mentioned another one off the air. And I need to tell you that this dream is probably not going to happen. <laughs> I forget what I mentioned. It was Andre Burakovsky. Oh. And a restricted free agent. The Sabres actually probably are in the range to give this up. The cost is one second-round pick. But the Sabres can only sign two kinds of offer sheets and nothing else. They have to either be within $2.1 to $4.2 million per season or the big one, where they have to sign a player like a Mitch Marner to 10 and a half or more as a restricted free agent. They cannot sign any other RFA. So anyone that wants William Carlson, I'm sorry, but the dream is dead. It's over. It's gone, as NHL 94 music plays to make you feel better that you're not getting William Carlson. That would be a very interesting prospect, but it's just it's that will not happen, and I can guarantee you, by the rules, it's not going to happen. I've got one here for you. You need a center to let Casey Middlestack grow and develop, right? Right. But maybe you're not handing out handfuls of money to Matt Duchesne, or say you get beat in, in the Matt Duchesne race. Joe Pavelski is an interesting option. 34 years old. He's not going to sign probably more than a three-year deal, I'd imagine. That's probably what the market would dictate. Or a player like Derek Broussard. Coming off of a tumultuous season between three teams, but still could be a serviceable second-line center for you that can bump to the third line when Casey Middlestad is ready to take on a higher role offensively. And Broussard would be great for you for a penalty kill. He is a solid guy in the circle. Derek Broussard would be an interesting and very cost-friendly, like Matt Zuccarello, idea for you. Lastly, I'm going to talk a trade target here. Pierre Lebrun offered up a report saying that the Jets are looking into dealing Nikolai Ehlers if it means taking on a bad contract from 
one of their players, say like a Matthew Perot, for example, who's got two years and a 4.1 cap hit. But Ehlers, locked up until 2025, 23 years old, $6 million cap hit. Yes and double yes. As a matter of fact, if you want to put Ristolainen in there and another asset, I would love for the Sabres to go after Nikolai Ehlers. A guy who could play on the left or the right wing and a guy that has been very productive already in his young career. You said locked up until 2025? Yes. Wow. That gives you a long-term contract on a young player. They got him locked up, ready to go here. And Ehlers is a guy that he's been productive and the Jets need some cap space. 38 points in his first season, 64-60, 37 in this past season, a bit of a down year. And he also went donuts in the playoffs. Such a head-scratcher, too. You look at the Winnipeg Jets cap-friendly, his closest comparable contract of his teammates is Mark Shifley. And that is a criminally underpaid player. Absolutely. He is criminally underpaid. But yeah, no, I think that Nikolai Ehlers kicked the tires by all means on a Nikolai Ehlers trade possibility. And if it involves Rasmus Ristolainen, so that in that LeBron thing, the speculation is that they may want a defenseman, hey, what's up, to uh, potentially protect themselves about a Jacob Truba deal that they might have to do and losing Tyler Myers in free agency. Hey, I got this uh, shiny-ish Rasmus Ristolainen. Don't worry about the wear and tear. He's just got a bunch of minutes on him. You can use him. I promise. He's good. He's uh, fantastic, and he's everything you'll want and more. Give us Nikolai Ehlers. Last call coming up on the Nightcap. Coming up next, Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell with you. If you want in on last call, 803-551-888-552-550. No sneak. It's Derek. It's Kyle. We're talking with you here on the Nightcap here on WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap. Last call. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell here hanging out with you. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight as well as we talked about the Sabres, hit a little bit on the Bills, the U.S. Open, the NBA. And uh, you know what? It wouldn't be me at the helm if I didn't go ahead and just go all over the place. Right, Kyle? That would be correct. It's pretty on brand for me that I have to hit as many topics as humanly possible for me to actually call it a show that I actually do. But at least you are, how they say, consistent. Yes, and speaking of consistency, I'm also a major dork, and I cannot be more giddy about this Final Fantasy VII remake. And you asked me something incredibly stupid when we were off the air during the break. You, You didn't know what it was. You didn't know what Final Fantasy VII was. No, I had no idea. One of the greatest games in all of video game history. Final Fantasy VII. Who's standard? Everyone's. I don't know. If you want to roast him, by the way, for not knowing what Final Fantasy VII was, not knowing what it was, you can roast him at Kyle underscore Powell, too. It sucks that I remember it now, doesn't it? (laughs) Hey, bring it on. Bring it on. Kyle didn't even know what it is. It's coming out in March of 2020, and I cannot wait. I would, uh, I'm going to waste too much time on that. It's not wasting if I love it, right? Yeah, no, it's not. I'm, I'm going to stand by that. 
So that's absolutely like, how do you not know what that game was? Ah, you kids, you stupid kids. And you're stupid not being old. Ugh. Make me sick. Anywho, I, I'm I'm super, super geeked up about the Final Fantasy VII remake. And, well, so much so that I was willing to take a couple minutes on a sports radio station to talk about it. So uh, fight me. But on the other side of things, thanks for listening to the Nightcap here tonight. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell, and uh, Tita Green gets us started tomorrow morning. Two hours with the boys, with Brian, Kevin, and PGA Pro Jeff Medis. And then... You've got Inside High School Sports, 10 to 11 on Saturday. And then Sports Talk Saturday, 11 to 2. And it's all coming at you tomorrow on the lineup here on WGR. Thanks for listening to Nightcap. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell, thanks for hanging out. Peace. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 